You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Welcome. Hi, this is Ida Ray, Certified Divorce Lending Professional, and this interview is part of the Divorce Literacy Series from the Divorce Lending Association. And today, I would like to welcome uh, Gori Bayumi, and she's a family law attorney. Welcome, Gori. Thanks, Ida. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're quite welcome. Would you kindly provide us a little bit of background information and knowledge on your practice and what you specialize in? Sure. So I practice family law primarily. So I do um, divorce uh, litigation, custody, child support. I also do a little bit of estate planning with uh, simple wills, uh, financial power of attorney, and healthcare directives. Terrific. Do you find that you're that often the two disciplines, the estate and the divorce, often overlap? Do you have to? Do you have to often do? Yeah, sometimes. So sometimes, you know, you'll have a, um, you'll finish a divorce. And I often advise my clients that after they get divorced, they should either prepare a will if they haven't already, or they may want to prepare a new will, change their will, but depending on, you know, if their ex-spouse was the beneficiary or the personal representative, um, I always think it's important to have a financial power of attorney as well and a healthcare directive, especially if there are any health issues or depending on age, it's really good for everyone to have it. Um, but especially for those reasons, it's good to have someone assigned to be able to take care of your affairs if anything were to happen to you. So sometimes, um, you know, you need you, especially after divorce, it's important for um for people to have those documents prepared. So that's how that'll intersect sometimes. Yes, I can imagine that would be, especially if there's children and then they have to agree on guardianship. Guardianship, right? right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so um, I just, I was wondering, because it's great, you have sort of a overlapping uh, discipline there, which is really very helpful. So do you have some advice to give someone who's just starting down this path that sort of would help our listeners as they're listening to this? Yeah. Um, if you're contemplating divorce or if you're not married, but have a custody matter or anything along those lines, I think, you know, with, with, um, with your partner or the parent of your child, I think the main thing is communication and I know that's hard a lot of times when you're getting divorced to be able to communicate with each other, but especially um, to remain child focused. If you have children, um, you're going to have to co-parent probably for the rest of your lives. I mean, people say, you know, children turn 18 and then they're adults, but really you're always going to be part of their life, right? When they get married or they have kids. And so you're going to have to learn to communicate in some aspect with your partner um, or your ex-partner or the parent of the child. Um, and even going through the divorce process, the communication is really easy because the more that you can communicate with each other and try to work out and resolve through each other, the less attorney's fees you'll rack up, you know, the less 
animosity there's going to be. So while it's often difficult in these situations to communicate effectively with your partner, it's, I think, one of the most important things. It And people, a lot of people will say, I want to have my day in court. I want a judge to decide. But do you really want a stranger to listen to you for a few hours and make a decision on what happens with your family? Or would you rather make a decision with, you know, someone who knows your family, that partner? Um, and communication is a huge piece of that. That's great. That's great. Um, now when you're trying, when there's children involved and you are trying to help them resolve parenting issues, um, how, how do you handle that? Because I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening who have children and they're so, you know, sort of very concerned about the children's welfare. So perhaps you could, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, it depends on the age of the children. Um, I know sometimes children have a hard time going through um, their parents separating and divorcing. So sometimes you may want to look at other professionals who could help, maybe a therapist for your child. Maybe you want to see a therapist. Sometimes um, clients, you know, lean on their attorneys to have these conversations, but attorneys are expensive and therapists are often better equipped to handle the emotional side. And not that they're, you know, attorneys counsel too. We're called counselors. There's some level of having these conversations, but I think um, sometimes the therapy is necessary for yourself, your mental health and your children's mental health. Um, And in communicating with the, with the other parent for the children, a lot of times you're going to have to make decisions that you don't agree you have to work through it. And again, that communication comes back in play because the more you work at your communication with each other, whether, you know, the other person makes you so angry, maybe sometimes you need to step back, take a day to think about it and respond and don't respond in the heat of the moment. Um, Don't respond with your first instinct. Sometimes I have to do that with clients or other attorneys where I get an email that, you know, I vehemently disagree with, or it fires me up and I have to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm going to calm down and I will respond to this in the next 24 hours when I can gather my thoughts and not fire off a response that's going to just instigate or add fuel to the fire. Um, So sometimes that's also necessary, taking that break and giving yourself the time to like really think it through before responding. Yes. So oftentimes the emotion can sort of take over. Absolutely. And family law is very emotional. There's a huge emotional component to it. That's not always there in other, other fields of the law. So it's definitely a more difficult and challenging type of type of field to practice. Yes. Now, when you send them to mental, I don't want to say mental, it's kind of a, you know, the, the health therapist sort of thing. Um, do they often help with like a plan to help them with the children and you know, all that kind of thing? Or do you, do you sort of take some information from them, what the client tells you, how do you, or is it a team concept? How do you work with that? It's generally not a team concept um, because mental health, your conversations are privileged. So oftentimes I'm not working with therapists directly. Now, if there's, Um, a best interest attorney involved, which is an attorney that represents the children in the divorce. And I'm a best interest attorney also myself. 
then you have sometimes more communication with the therapists, or if you're doing um, a collaborative divorce, a divorce, then you might have a divorce coach um, or, or another mental health professional that you've brought onto the team. Um, So in those areas, there is some overlap and some communication, but for the most part, um, if a child is seeing a therapist to even have any of that information admitted, you have to get another attorney to assess and waive that privilege. Um, so, you know, those conversations are privileged and not generally brought into a divorce. Yeah. I'm sure that our listeners are going to be very relieved to hear that. Um, still well, if you think, if you private. think about it, if you know that what you're confide, if you're confiding in someone mm-hmm. and you know that it could be used in litigation or used against you, then it takes away the therapeutic aspect of it. Yeah. Plus you're right. And you're just going to share less because you know, there it might right. be used somewhere else against you. So I get it. Um, yeah, I think right. that's, that's a great comment. So, um, do you mind sharing some some case that might have been very impactful to you that it really made a difference for your client? Um, yeah, so the case that comes to my mind, it was one of may have been the first actual trial I ever had. Um, my client um, had just gotten out of jail. He was in he was in prison for maybe 10 months or so, um, had a little boy, mom, um, had substance abuse issues. Uh, she was not really involved while the, um, my client was in prison. Um, the child was staying with the maternal grandparents. He got out and, um, he was on probation. He got out and he wanted to have his custody back and have visitation with, um, his son. And um, the maternal grandparents uh, filed for custody and they didn't really want him involved in the child's life at all. And they were pretty difficult about it um, because he also had some substance abuse issues in the past. He was clean now and he had worked very hard to get clean um, and he was really rehabilitating his life. Um, And it was a two day trial, my very first one. and. While he didn't end up getting custody, you know, based on the factors and other things, the court felt that the grandparents should have custody. He did get ordered a significant amount of time for visitation and equal holidays and all kinds of stuff that was really important to him. So he may not have won in the traditional sense, um, but he was super grateful and he was getting time with his son again and he could start to rebuild that relationship and that was really meaningful. Yes, that does sound meaningful. Yes. Um, okay. Well, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate your valuable time. Let me ask you uh, one more thing. Do you have sure. any final thoughts that you'd like to convey to our listeners? Um, I think if you are in, if you find yourself in the position of contemplating divorce or custody, I know attorneys are expensive, but more. More often than not, they do want to help and make sure that you get the best outcome for yourself. At least consult with an attorney, find out what your rights are. You are going to find all kinds of conflicting information on Google. Um, and while it, you know, researching is definitely a good resource, there's great resources out there. 
Um, our firm puts out a blog post while I'm talking about resources. I'm just going to plug that in, but we have a blog <laughs> on our firm's website with a lot of great information. So while the internet is a great place to do some initial research, every case is very unique. Every marriage is unique. Every divorce is unique. Every custody situation is unique. So talk to a lawyer, at least have a con- conversation about what your options are, um, what your process options are and what you're entitled to, and then take it from there and see what you feel comfortable doing. That's great. So mentioning websites, would you kindly give us your web address and any contact, any other contact information for you? Absolutely. So I work at Weinberg and Schwartz. Um, you can go to www.wsfamilylaw.com and our office phone number is 410-997-0203. Oh. Thank you so much, Gory. Thank you so much for this interview. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ida. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.